As vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs, we're often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Red Cross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next interview. I'm excited today to have our guest, Nivi Jaswal from Javinity Institute. And today we're going to not only dig into the organizations, the nonprofits, the businesses that Nivi has ran, and also a little bit of her background, because she's truly a powerhouse in our vegan community, but also maybe talk about kind of the life behind the scenes, some of the things that we've all experienced as we build relationships, as we build collaborations, some of the good of it, some of the bad of it, but some of the ways that we move things forward and how we work with others to take a big, huge vision, which maybe has, and take it out to the world. So first, let me just welcome our guests. Welcome Welcome, maybe for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Steph. I'm, I'm incredibly um, grateful to be here. Oh, perfect. It's so good to have an opportunity. I've been lucky these last few interviews to be hanging out with some of my friends. Um, so it's really good when I get a chance to not only interview, but catch up because we haven't been chatting in a while, um, which is mostly my fault. Um, so I'm really excited about hearing how things have progressed um, with your campaigns and everything you're doing. But before I get into that, because I think I might know a little bit more than what our audience may know. So let's make sure we get them caught up. Let's maybe just dial back a little bit and give people a little bit of background on what you've been working on these last few years, your two nonprofits, your two for-profit. Um, I love that you said that because I think sometimes as leaders, as you know, founders, a lot of times we think we have to like carry it all on our shoulders and run as fast as we can. And I really think you've been a shining example of how important it is to build not only community, but coalitions, bring people together. I have personally just being um, privileged enough to be a part of your coalition. It's been amazing to watch how you've brought so many deep, different people together, but not just individuals that we're used to seeing in the headlines, not just people that, you know what I mean, we've seen kind of have groups of their own. I've really been impressed with your ability to bring in not just diverse voices, but voices with different experiences and also make it a more global space for this coalition. Um, um, I don't know if you want to speak to that a little bit because I want to make sure that people understand that, you know, it's not just about propelling certain voices forward, is that there's creating space for multiple voices and creating space. So it's not always a U.S. message, but it's also a global message. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and that's a great point that you just mentioned about um the U.S. centricity of, uh, you know, sometimes the plant-based movement and the animal rights movement or the activism that we see around us. And and it's not just U.S. centricity. I think, it, you know, no matter which country you're in, if you're based in the U.K. or you're in France or you're in Brazil or India, um, traditionally, you would have just heard the voices of the, the tribes people around mm-hmm. you. I've been talking about different types of social justice organizations or intersectionality or plant-based and so on and so forth. Um, given that we are in a global pandemic and that we are 
and ever more connected for better or for worse, but we're a very interconnected um, society around the world. Um, I just feel that if there are and when there are coalitions formed, it offers us a unique opportunity and a platform to leverage tech to bring people across time zones, across countries, across um, microcultures and different just different colors and you know I, I think variety is the spice of life the indian spice box in my kitchen is a perfect example you know i have cloves and i have cumin seeds and i have turmeric powder and i have fennel and and my spice box won't be complete without any you know one of these it has to have all um and and it's circular mm-hmm. So it, and, and it's it's not linear, it's not angular, it doesn't have sharp edges. And and I think that coalitioning and coalition leadership has to have that. So it has to have soft edges. It has yeah. to be open source. It has to be creative. It has to allow not just creative collaborative space, but also a safe space where everyone has an opportunity to be at the center of their own universe. And even though we were born here in the U.S. as a coalition or as a nonprofit, and, and most of the voices are from you know diverse parts of the U.S., but I really, really wanted to ensure that we also have a seat at the table for our sisters from around the world. And yes. I'm glad that we've been able to do that. Yeah, and I'm really grateful um, for you for doing that and also for reminding all of us and even maybe people who are watching today how important it is for all of us to kind of pull our chair up to the table um, to make sure that we are those voices, that we are speaking up and we also are getting those opportunities to be heard because there's just so much value in the different experiences that we all have and there's so much value of hearing it to make sure the next note next, you know, opportunity, next program, the next initiative um, is more inclusive or at a minimum, the next initiative um, doesn't start with one voice, one kind of idea in mind. And I think that can happen very easily in all movements. Um, and I think that's happened a little bit more so even here in the, in the U.S. Um, that I've even personally um, experienced. So let's dive into the last couple of years. Let's dive into the shifts and changes that you've seen in the organizations that you run in the business that you run and how you've kind of pivoted through some of these difficult times that we've all been navigating and tell me maybe a story of something that didn't go as ideal but also maybe give me a balancing story of something that was maybe an aha or created an opportunity for you okay sure so um let me actually start with um, you know something that didn't go so so well, and okay. and we had to do something about it. Um, so when the pandemic started, um, uh, at 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 its peak, the for profit uh, versus the heritage in um, mm-hmm. India, uh, we were supporting close to four different self help groups, and there were four different villages that were involved. And at its peak, we had close to four hundred twenty five artisans. Wow. Um, as who were part of uh, those self-help groups that depended on us to be able to help them. Um, when the Indian government, you know, took a decision um, uh, on March 22nd to shut down all air travel, all domestic travel as well. So nothing was flying on India's roads. Oh my God. It's like 1.3 billion, you know, um, no, people in that country didn't have buses, trains, nothing. Everything came to a halt uh, mm-hmm. from 
on end and obviously had a huge impact on the economy. And given that rural women artisans are not even counted as part of the former uh, formal labor force uh, by the government census, um, mm-hmm. there is absolutely no count of how many of them just lost their livelihood mm-hmm. and were unemployed. Um, so because we were not able to support them and, and they were not able to support ju- themselves just by doing the embroidery and the, creating the handicrafts that, were, that they were creating, um, we had to think long and hard, but we did have to make a decision um, by end uh, 2020 to shut mm-hmm. down business. And yeah, um, yeah so, and, and that's, you know, that's a grief of its own type, it is. you know, I you mean. and give birth to it. And then all of a sudden something happens. It's a global calamity and you really can't stay true to the mission anymore. Um, and, and I feel that it's important not to have an escalation of commitment um, and, and not to set expectations which are not able to meet, uh, especially for people who depend on you. And uh, so as we were shutting down, we were also starting to do a lot of fundraising. Um, and, you know, when you do fundraising, both in terms of, you know, dollars, uh, the Forex helps you, you know, yeah. one uh, US dollar is 70 Indian rupees. Uh, so we were able to raise um, close to 700 thousand Indian rupees in rural, remote uh, Indian villages uh, for the artisans, you know, who maybe were stricken with COVID-19 or somebody had an accident and they needed help and they couldn't get health care because of all the hospitals were uh, full with COVID-19 patients. Um, Mm -hmm. We were able to help them even though uh, we were not running um, the for-profit business anymore formally. Early summer of 2020, um, I had an opportunity to help a climate justice organization and they requested me to put together a bespoke team of you know, creative designers, technical writers, uh, marketing, and, and so on. And, and I do that kind of thing for research projects or brand development and brand relaunch projects, website projects, and, and so on. Um, provided that they have access to uh, the right kind of, you know, budgets, um, okay. able to do it at a very sophisticated level and, and to get people from um, the corporate world, it does cost a pretty penny. So we went ahead, um, signed contracts. Uh, I assumed, uh, you know, that the person would be professional and, and so on. Um, it didn't uh, turn out like that. And uh, I, I must say with a uh, a lot of uh, you know disappointment that every single one of the women, women consultants and women social justice activists, um, women uh, marketeers, etc., who were involved and who were brought together as that team, none of the women got paid a single dollar. See, that's just—it's so disappointing to hear that. And I know it happens. I know just the things that are happening in our world, and I. I'm so glad we're talking about this topic because I want people to understand that, you know, collaboration is good. We all should be looking at opportunities to move forward, but I think there are things that we all should learn from collaborations. And, you know, even if we, I don't know if you want to unpack it a little bit more about giving people advice if they're thinking about working with individuals, because these things do happen where women aren't being compensated, women's voices are not being heard, or women's ideas, unfortunately, are taken um, and then someone else reuses it in a different package. Do you have some 
aha, some recommendations, or maybe even just some backstory that you want to share with people so that they think of their collaborations a little bit differently moving forward? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So three things. Number one, even if you're signing the contracts and signing contracts, that's table stakes. You know, you've got to have a contract. Um, It's very important that even before you sign the contract, what are some of the things that you must do from a due diligence standpoint? Like I mentioned that there were some assumptions that I made about the professionalism of this, that individual. Uh, You know, I assumed that they would um, honor their word, honor their contract and so on. Um, Maybe uh, what's important is, um, you know, have a conversation with other people who may have partnered with them successfully before. Maybe talk to some people who report to them to understand what kind of a leader uh, they are, what kind of leadership style they have. And then assess um, versus um, thinking that, oh, this is great. There's a, uh, you know, there's a budget that's defined. The money is not a problem. And the person is willing to sign a contract. So so that just doesn't suffice. In the end, any partnership, whether it's in a nonprofit or a for-profit scenario, it is an interaction between human beings. And even if, you know, people do honor their contracts or even if there is enough money, what if you dis- you you discover that you don't get along? What if you discover that the chemistry just doesn't exist? You know, then the joy of working is is taken away from that project. Yeah. And, and when you're working on you know a climate justice, food justice, or systemic racism kind of a you know project you know, in furthering the cause of all of these issues, especially in the context of veganism. You want to ensure that you have chemistry. You want to ensure that you're working with the right people and, and do those conversations. Just going to take a few seconds quickly to also talk about how that traveled, how that disappointment traveled, and then morphed into an aha moment for mm-hmm. the nonprofit. So, you know, I was feeling down and out and about, oh my God, you know, why did this happen? I felt yeah. like I owed um, the other women around me who I had also pulled into this bespoke team. Um, mm-hmm. One thing not to get paid. And that's another thing to, you know, to have other people who you promised business for them to have to walk away without business, you know. And yes. I just thought that that would be a great opportunity to have conversations and, and do a sister circle. So what we did was we created these sister circle conversations. Um, we had at least two of them, 60 to 90 minutes long, where we had an opportunity for these women and some other women. And what we started to realize is that, you know, um, other women who had been similarly hurt or disappointed or, uh, you know, had a similar experience, they started coming out of the woodwork. Wow. It was just amazing. They heard about our conversation and then, you know, boom, somebody connected me to two other people, one in Europe and one in India, had a very similar experience. And then we did a sister circle there and, mm-hmm. and noted down things. We minuted our learnings. We minuted red flags and yellow flags and, you know, all the different flags that you ought to take care of and so on as, as women and as vegan women. Uh, working in nonprofits and in for-profit environments, and and then um, the the seed of the Javinity Coalition really came from there, and and it also forced me to hit the drawing board at my own you know nonprofit to sit back and look at the brand key and mm-hmm. to look at the root strengths of my brand key and say 
Who is the target audience? Who should I be serving? What kind of work should I be doing? And and right from you know the nonprofit and the for profit in India, the writing was on the wall for me that I wanted to do something for women. I wanted to create a safe space for women, especially women of color, through this coalition. So so that was the aha moment that came out of um, that unfortunate experience. And I, I love the aha moment, but I also want to make sure that we hit the point that it is definitely painful when this happens within our kind of vegan community because it's it's we think that our vegan community should by de facto be the safe space so when we start partnering with vegan and plant-based individuals we think that maybe these types of collaborations and opportunities you know what i mean they kind of have a different light on them so therefore you don't expect to maybe be um to end up in the situation that you ended up in and i just want to make sure for anyone who's watching anyone who's thinking about it that you want to make sure that you are approaching this like any collaboration and opportunity of, you know, using the tips um, that Nivi recommended, because I, I feel like it, we, we shouldn't, you know, it's not about letting your guard down, but it's more about making sure that we're approaching every partnership with the right set of eyes um, and not thinking just because it's within our vegan community that you can let those red flags go. So I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that because um, it's such a, you know, it hits me really hard when I hear what happened um, to you and all those women. Um, but I also love how you turned it into that aha moment. And I also love how you created those circles because I think sometimes we forget how important it is to have a healing process, to have a process where we can kind of vent and talk about the pain and the things that have happened to us so that we can move forward as opposed to just like hunkering down, pushing it down, <laughs> pushing it down. Um, and then we kind of have that negative energy, that negative light still in us. Um, so I'm really happy to hear that. And I'm really happy that not only what you've done, but how it's created this opportunity for you to collaborate and be in these, create these coalitions that I've been so benefit to be a part of as well. As I cough there. So let's talk about plans for the future. Let's get people fired up and excited because I've had the privy privilege of hearing about what you're planning for the future, what you have going on. Do we want to give people a little bit of insight into what you hope your 2021 will be, how you're looking to drive change? Um, maybe give people an update on plant-powered Kamala because I've been so excited and really just blown away with the work that you've done there. And just maybe getting people kind of ready for um, what they should be looking for from Versa and Divinity in 2021 and from you. Oh, okay. So 2021, um, you know, it's, it's, it's the year where we build the foundation, um, you know, for this coalition as, as, and as well as for the Divinity Research Program. Uh, we've just concluded last Friday a coalition building strategic workshop where I'm just so proud that 50% of our coalition members actually showed up. And I was floored nice. by the enthusiasm that everybody showed, uh, you know, for this workshop. It was professionally facilitated. It was curated and designed to really understand um, how these diverse coalition members could actually work together and, and what's the method behind the madness of a coalition that was just put together in under four weeks and, and was just 63 days old last Friday when we met. But it just feels as though we've been doing plant part Kamala for way longer than that, you know? Um, 
And uh, so uh, we, we understood that there are three different types of categories that the coalition members could belong to. We were starting to talk about um, subcommittees, et cetera, that we want to form. Uh, we all unanimously agreed that research is something that we really, really want to consider as a lens and creating um, thought leadership going forward when we talk about uh, women in the U.S. or indeed globally and how they have been impacted by the pandemic pandemic and how they have been uh, impacted by all the, you know, the shadow pandemics that have been going on and have been amplified because of the pandemic. Um, so, so there are plans in 2021 um, for doing more impact research. Um, we're also looking to hire a professional fundraiser. Uh, so I'm working with a couple of search firms uh, trying to figure out and doing my due diligence and, you know, uh, mm-hmm. if, if I can uh, get that unicorn, I would prefer to work with a woman, uh, you know, a woman of color, ideally, um, who understands nonprofit fundraising and who is plant powered or at least plant curious. Uh, because I know once they start working with the Verse Foundation and the Divinity Coalition, even if they're identifying themselves as flexitarian at this point, uh, that they're actually going to see the logic and and come over to the light, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I've had that happen personally. Yes, absolutely. So, and and we've had those experiences with the research uh, that we're doing as well. Um, Mm -hmm. The qualitative research that I mentioned to you. And, uh, and I remember that, uh, you know, uh, the team that was involved was not fully plant-based, uh, deliberately by design because we were researching non-vegan women and I really, really wanted to keep it completely credible. But at the end of all these months, all that I hear from them is, oh, I'm, I'm getting that meal kit and I'm starting, you know, with my smoothies and I'm going plant-based and uh, I'm, I'm watching forks over knives. So, uh, so, so that's, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, I, I would like to say it's like the silver lining of mm-hmm. what uh, you know, with uh, both a nonprofit as well as a for-profit, that you get to see so many different angles of it. So, the future for the Divinity Coalition is, um, in, in, and I hope, is a stronger coalition. Um, you know, with an inner circle that are actively collaborating with each other uh, here in the U.S. as well as globally. I also see a lot of impact research coming out of the Divinity Program, um, and hopefully. Uh, we get more signatures for the empowered Kamala petition that is still going on. You know, I've been asked questions around, well, didn't you only want her to go vegan for January? And I'm like, well, there are 11 other months of the year, you know, she's free to go vegan whenever she wants, whether it's yes. mid February or, you know, mid December. Um, so we're hoping that we'll get the support of more and more women leaders from here in the country as well as globally. And we will also uh, hopefully get more media coverage, uh, you know, that goes a long way in amplifying our voices and making the women who are part of this coalition more visible. Um, so so those are the, uh, some of the things. And, and also one more thing. Okay. Have, oh my God, there's just so many things and I know that we're running out of time, Steph. But um, we, we do have a podcast, which is called Connecting the Dots. And it has okay. a unique uh, format. Uh, It is going to be a simulcast. We did the inaugural episode in February. And every time I did it, uh, do it, the intention is to have one coalition leader with me as a co-host. Oh, that's wonderful. 
Yeah, so that everyone gets an opportunity to try their hand at these conversations and, and not shy away. I know a lot of your work is about teaching people how to go live and put yourself out there and, yes. and you know, and, and so on. So uh, maybe this can be a platform and a playground for people to flex those muscles. Oh, I think that's great. So how do people get in touch with you? How do they find the podcast website? Let's give them all the details so that they can connect with you. Okay, so the easiest way to find us is on Instagram. We're there as Javinity. That's J I V I N I T I. Our website is theversafoundation.org. Versa is spelled as V I R S A. Um, it is a beautiful um, Hindi word that means inheritance. So, and, and legacy, or you know, something that you leave for the generations to come. And that's what Versa means. You can also find us on LinkedIn as Divinity Research. And, and if you want to personally hit me up, I'm at Nivisualize on Instagram and Nivi Jaswal on Facebook and on LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, thank you, Nivi, for taking a little bit of time out of your day to hang out with us today, give people insight into what you've been doing, the changes, how you've been navigating the world, how you've been juggling it all. I love, love, love when we get a little bit of that in and also some advice on how to do partnerships, collaborations, um, you know, some lessons learned, but also some reminders that unfortunately, not everyone out there in the world um, shares all of our visions and continues and will support and pay the people that they hire. So I'm glad we had that little reminder session today. And I'm really excited about continuing to see all the work that you're doing. I'm really just proud and so excited to be a part of your coalition. Um, and I look forward to not only sharing your podcast out and letting all of our listeners know about it, but also continuing to keep up with you. So thank you for joining us today. Um, I also want to just say thank you for everyone who did join us live. Uh, I know Brenda, you dropped in for a few minutes. It was great to see you, Brenda. I got to catch up with you. Um, and Rosario, I know you dropped in as well. We had a couple of people who weren't able to join in live, let me know and shoot me an email if you did have a problem joining in live. I just saw a couple of things pop up in my email, but I'm trying to keep my eyes centered on <laughs> the interview today. So I'll catch up with everyone afterwards. But if you listen to this as our podcast, if you listen to us as a replay, as always, drop us a line in the comments. Let us know you were here. Let us know that you enjoyed today's sessions. Give us those thumbs ups and those likes. We love them. And we will see you in our next interview. Bye, everyone.